And just like that, we're back. And it has been a minute because life, question mark? Yeah, uh, there's just been a lot of stuff going on. So I apologize. I haven't had time to uh, record very many of these. Uh, there were two instances, in my defense, there were two instances in uh, ICAST where I was like, oh, man, these are going to be uh, ICAST's International Council of Air Shows. It's the um, annual convention that we have in Vegas. I was like, man, there's so many rock stars here. I'm going to get so much content. And uh, I don't think anybody was sober for any of it. So, um, yeah, so I completely missed out on that. I mean, not that I would do something like that. I'm an outstanding uh, role model and stuff like that. So, anyways, today's a little bit different. Or uh, bring you up to date on some some things that are going on in the air show and warbird industry. And then we are going to uh, start our series on essentially becoming a better, more rounded warbird pilot and we're starting from the outside working to the inside because we're warbird pilots there's obviously nothing wrong with us so we need to hear from the outside world as to what is wrong with us and i've brought on an air traffic controller to help us out with this um he's uh he's going to give us some insight into his world and for those of you that are getting started in aviation i think this is something that is not necessarily warbird center but this is something that's going to make you a better pilot and overall for, on, on all fronts. Um, so he's going to, he's going to help us out with that. But in the meantime, uh, go over real quick with you guys, our schedule for uh, Quicksilver. I'm not going to just throw out dates cause you're not sitting there with a, with a scratch pad and getting ready to write it down, but I'll just go over like a, a brief overview of what we're going through. We're kicking off our season. Uh, this is, this is recording mid March right now. So, uh, you know, we're, we're starting off the season a little early this year. We're going to uh, na- uh, Joint Base New Orleans this coming weekend, the uh, 18th and 19th of March. Kicking off the season in New Orleans. Uh, it's always a good show. It's good, great to be put on. And we're, we're coming the next weekend to uh, McDill Air Force Base. Then we're doing uh, Sun and Fun. We're only going to do Wednesday night. We're only doing the Wednesday night Twilight Show at Sun and Fun because April 9th and 10th we're going to – Charleston Air Force Base in South Carolina, Joint Base Charleston. And let me tell you something, folks. That's going to be a great show. If you've ever wanted to see a flying FW-190, it's going to be there. You guys can see it up close. I get to fly with it. Uh, my friend uh, uh, Sinbad and I are going to going to fly together. He's he's flying the airplane and bringing it down from Military Aviation Museum. We're going to fly with that. Got a little bit off, and then uh, towards the end of May, I've got uh, uh, Dover, Delaware, and beginning of Ju- beginning of June, we got Geneseo. Uh, it's literally every, every weekend in June. you got Geneseo, Grand Forks, uh, North Dakota, um, doing uh, Ocean City, but in the Corsair uh, for uh, Navy Legacy. you got uh, Battle Creek around uh, the end of June to July 4th. Uh, we're going to do Oshkosh July 25th through the 31st. We've got, then I've got all of August off, thank goodness. And uh, September, we've got uh, New York City Air Show, Andrews Air Force Base. And uh, towards the end of the season, at end of October, I should say, we've got Orlando and finishing up the year in Monroe, North Carolina. There's some shows that are going to be added to that as we go along. I do have one in Arkansas. I know that I'm forgetting here. Um, I don't remember what the exact date is. I think that's in May. Yeah, it's in May. Anyways, uh, Bryan, Arkansas. We're doing Bryan, Arkansas sometime. But that's about it. So, anyways, enough enough about that. We're sitting here. We've got our we've got our drinks. We're gonna we're gonna talk about life and talk about flying. Maybe you guys can get your learn on and get some education. If you're an air traffic controller and you're listening to this, 
uh, try not to laugh too hard. We, we, we've discussed this over the, over the past 24 hours with, uh, with this gentleman and, uh, we really haven't come up with anything intelligent to talk about except, uh, just yelling at, yelling at pilots for 45 minutes. So without further ado, Josh, welcome to the, welcome to the show. Um, I know, I, I know you're great to be here. I'm glad, <laughs> uh, we've, you know, we've had, we've had pilots, we've had, uh, maintainers, we've had managers, we've had, I don't know, all sorts of people on this. Uh, we've had kids on this show. We've had all sorts of things. And I think this is a good opportunity for those people that are operating warbirds, wanting to operate warbirds, getting their license, that kind of stuff to hear from somebody, the God, if you will, on the other side of the microphone that they're talking to. And for those of us that don't like to go flight following and go IFR and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's refreshing to hear from somebody when they're not in the tower. Now you've worked tower and you've worked, um, radar, you've worked approach and you've also, you've also worked in a center for a little bit too, if I remember right. Yep. Yeah, a little bit. Of time. So at this point you've literally worked every single thing except for flight service which I don't really consider any traffic control. Yeah. Sorry, flight service folks. Um, but uh, at this point, really, what I'm going to lead with some guided discussion here. So we'll start with, the, with the, a lot of the newer pilots. A lot of newer pilots get really nervous when they're talking to, well, talk to Clarence or talk to Ground or something like that because they can't see you. It's kind of like the man behind the curtain in, in Wizard of Oz. And any, like, general... Uh, advice for new pilots out there that are scared to talk to you on uh, on the frequency uh besides don't be <laughs> uh, yeah don't be um we're there to help i mean that's our job is we're there to to provide a service and uh i would rather for the most part generally i'd rather you know be able to help and be able to and be able to work you as opposed to you thinking you can just go out there and do it on your own. Which is, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people do that, and uh, a lot of places you can. But I mean, you I know, think everybody's I think everybody's really afraid of making a mistake, right? And, yeah, and everyone does. So it's it's not a big deal. I mean, it's except me. The most the most common thing I ever hear on the frequency is say again. So don't feel bad if you have to say say again. You know, I mean, um it's okay if you don't understand something it's okay to ask for help it's okay to say you know say again and it's okay the big thing is that we need to have an understanding that when 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 you're asking for something and when you're being provided a service that we're all on the same page and that we all know what everyone else is doing we understand that um be if we ask you uh, to give your readback again, it's not we're not trying to give anyone a hard time. It's because we have to ensure proper readbacks, and if we issue an instruction, we have to make sure that you got that instruction and that we're all. So, are you trying issue. to tell me that that you guys up in the tower are not here to like sit there with a notepad and violate everybody that doesn't have proper phraseology? Correct. Oh, we well, will, that's we will, <laughs> by God. We we do have to ensure that you are using you know proper phraseology and that instructions are are understood uh and that goes as far as you know us getting a proper readback and 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 then visually confirming in the towers case you know confirming that you're doing what you what you should be doing so i mean if you if, if if there's ever any doubt please just ask i got you so all right so we've got past that you, you know you're going to make mistakes you can say say again it's not an issue even if you guys do sound stressed it's because you're trying to keep all the all the airplanes from touching and stuff like that so i mean we completely get that from a sort of switching up to like a warbird area you know a lot of us that are operating in and out of 
larger airports, especially in these specialized aircraft, whether you're in a Mustang or as it was so lovingly called the other day, uh, since it's a water-cooled airplane, they called it a hot water toilet. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that, that individual was a uh, was a radial engine uh, pilot, and, and name rhymes with Jim Tobel. And uh, so anyways, you guys don't really know our needs as right. as warbirds because you guys don't see in big airports. Right warbirds operating there so from our standpoint if we have a need let's say you know i'm, I'm taxiing out in a 51 and i get hot on the ground it's better it's better to let you know that ahead of time be like hey i can't idle yeah. very long right yeah and and we we may i mean we will do our best generally we would try to do our best to put you in a sequence to where we could expedite your departure or anything like that but you, it's first come first serve or unless we can provide an expeditious flow of traffic then we will we'll do whatever we can if and uh you know if when you're taxiing out since you're since the performance characteristics of your aircraft are such that maybe when if you do have to wait somewhere you got to turn into the wind and if that if that turn is going to be 180 degrees from the direction that you were going uh a controller might look at you and like what are you doing you know are you turning <laughs> back around where are you going you know but no you're just turning into the wind like just let us know and then oh okay no big deal you know like we we don't know those deeds so we can't anticipate that that if you tell us hey when i get down here if i'm going to be numbered four or whatever i'm I'm going to need to turn to the wind okay great and and i i think another thing that a lot of the our our newer pilots are hearing this yeah okay you might not be flying a mustang or a corsair or something like that right now but you're not an inconvenience to you guys at all no i mean yeah you might be as you guys so eloquently put, you know, down the tubes at the point yeah. where like, you know, you're working a bunch of traffic and your request just seems so out of, out of the, out of the blue or whatever right. you want to call it. But we need it for the safe operation of the aircraft. Sure. Please let them know. Yes. Like me, every time I go into a busy airport, I need the overhead. Right. And, and even for a student pilot or a private pilot or whoever, uh, if you go into an airport you're unfamiliar with and you know, you, you, you overnight somewhere or something and now you're leaving in the morning and, you know, maybe your home base has a certain a run-up area. You always go there to do your run-ups. Well, this airport you're unfamiliar with, you don't know where you're supposed to do that. Are you supposed to do it at the end of the runway? Is there a certain run-up pad to do that? Like, ask, you know, hey, I need to do a run-up. Where's the best place to do that? Maybe yeah. it is at the end of the runway. And, and if so, if, if it's a smaller airport and they don't have a run-up area specifically, you know, hey, I need to do a run-up. Where should I do that? You know, oh, well... We'll put you over here where you're out of the way for take as long as you need, you know, and, yeah. and we're, we're not mind readers. So we we, we want to help, but we also are expecting, uh, you know, we're, we are expecting you to, uh, in this case, if you're taxing the end of the runway, when you get to the runway, uh, you do not be, you know, we're expecting you to be ready. Uh, yeah. th- that expectation is really only present for for turbojets and and and, uh, and jet aircraft and turboprops and stuff like that, those are the only ones that are really expected to be ready upon reaching the end of the runway, per the rules. But but we understand that there are some, if, especially if it's unfamiliar, because I that happens all the time. If we get itinerant aircraft in and out, they're asking us where should we do our run up. Well, it's a good question. Like you know, if if it's an uncontrolled or an unfamiliar airport to, to at least. I mean, it's not like we're going to have, you know, prop blast everywhere and blowing everybody around the ramp anyway. So, I right. mean, especially if we have a 12 foot or a 14 foot propeller, that's a lot of, that's a lot of wash out sure. there. Sure. Um, you know, I think another thing that a lot of people don't realize is, especially for your facility, would you recommend that it's, I, I don't know if you guys actually give 
tours per se, but it's good to meet with your local facilities as well. Oh, absolutely. We, yeah, we encourage that. I mean, with the whole COVID thing, and we haven't given any tours since this started, but um, yeah, it, reach out to your facility. I mean, it's, you know, a lot of times we give you a number to call sometimes, uh, but it's okay. You know, go to a, maybe after you land and if ground doesn't seem too busy or clearance delivery frequency doesn't seem too busy, just say, hey, quick, quick question. You know, can I, is there a phone number? Can I, for the tower, or uh, ask for the supervisor and uh, say, I, I'd like to schedule a tour. I'd like to come see. We welcome that. Absolutely. I mean, Excellent. like, it might be difficult now, you know, nowadays for... Yeah, but all I could say is no, and you're no worse off yeah, than you were. exactly. All I could say is no. But once we get past all this stuff, we, we, we would give tours regularly. I mean, that's not... It wasn't It wasn't something, you know, weird to see a tour coming through. And, and that's good. Like, that's, that's part of the, you know, community involvement and us... Uh, you know, sharing what we do with, with our, with our users. So yeah. And you know, another thing, a lot of people I don't think realize both at Oshkosh and Sun and Fun, you know, two of the largest shows, if you can't make it to one of those, or if you can make it to one of those, excuse me, NATCA, the National Association of Air Traffic Controllers has, uh, um, has a booth and you guys can actually go up and speak to real you know, approach controllers, center controllers, tower controllers. You can ask them questions that I don't necessarily have for this gentleman, but uh, you can go up and be like, hey, you know, which we're going to cover here in a, in a little bit. I want to get to more of the in route stuff because I think that's, I think that's what people really don't understand, especially from a, or they might have some questions about that. But, um, you know, it, I would go to, I would go to one of these booths, go to the NACA booth, hit up and find your local facility, your local center and meet these folks. Like they're great. They're awesome. NACA is a great union. It's a great organization with some awesome people on board. And I highly recommend that. But from, so you've worked, you've worked approach as well and you've worked center. Mm-hmm. So those scopes that you guys are, are looking, are they kind of like the, uh, uh, oh, like for instance, in Top Gun, when you see the when you see the scopes and you see the sweep going around and it's going around once every like eight seconds. Yeah. Uh, please tell me we've updated those since you know since a the bit. okay yeah. a little yeah. bit we're yeah. a little bit more up to date now. Uh, you can you can tell if it's a flock of B-17s or Japanese Zeros coming over the, har- the harbor, right? We can't tell the okay. difference between those. Uh, no, oh, damn but. It. Okay, <laughs> so much for that. Uh, yeah, it, it they, they have been updated since since then. We we're generally operating now on a one second sweep, and then in the terminal environment anyway. So that that would be. Uh, when you're not talking to a center, so an approach control. Uh, m- most terminal environments, I think now, are running what's called fusion. So we, it's it's kind of a mosaic of a bunch of different radars all shoved together into one to get a to get a picture. So you're kind of getting all these different feeds coming in, um, and there's ground sensors involved with that. It's even satellite based as well. So it, it's we're getting a lot of different feeds fed into one. So our update. And our refresh time is, is is a lot faster than what it used to be. Very cool. No, it's 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 great that they're you know because everybody always asks about the next gen stuff, and I don't think anybody really knows what's part of next gen. They're like, yeah, we're updating the software to do that. You know, Windows two thousand. Yeah, um, yeah. Next gen was a. Uh, it, it, it was it's very conceptual. It was it's it's a multitude of different things that they're trying to do to modernize and update the system. It's not just one piece. You know, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a mix-up of several different pieces that are that are just meant to modernize the system. Right, and you know, coming coming from both sides of the coin here, you know, you're you're an aircraft owner, you own a general aviation aircraft, you fly in the national airspace system. Yeah. Sort of g- tagging on to this whole center conversation, uh, you know, all of us have had to do this ADSB compliance. Yep. 
And I don't think anybody really knows what goes into that. They just know that uh, Big Brother's watching. Yeah. When you guys really aren't. <laughs> you just, yeah, we're, you guys could care less at this point. I, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm not the ADSB police, so that that's not really my function. My function is not. Not that I mean that that's kind of more of a, a FISDO compliance thing I think you know we there now there is a way for us to tell on our scopes um, what you know if you, uh, there, there's a certain function that we that we use that that we run with that we can tell do you have ADSB or is it turned on is it working is it not working so like we it and I, and I've got this request before and I've actually had to do this with my airplane is. Um, I had an issue with my tail beacon and I don't, is it working? Is it not working? I would go up there and ask for an ADSB check. There is a way we can do that. So if you're ever, uh, if you are, if, if you're ever flying and maybe you're on a maintenance flight or something, or you just got a new transponder that has ADSB out or the tail beacon or, or whatever, you know, it go up and ask us, say, Hey, um, I want to kind of do an ADSB check. Let me know if it's working. And we, and we could tell you, you know, most people that I don't have a problem with that at all. Yeah, no, it's, I, th I think that's something that, that a lot of folks don't really realize that they that they can do, right? And, you know, <laughs> um, coming from the Warbird world, it's been kind of a, kind of a, a pain in our, our neck because the last thing you want to see on a fighter is a tail beacon. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us, that, yes, I understand a lot of us that have the, the wherewithal to, to own one of these airplanes has, has put something on that is a little more. Uh, you know, a, more, a little more substantial. But uh, we always wonder about that. We're like, oh, okay, well, you know, not that, not that, not that any of us are doing more than two fifty below ten. But no, you know, I mean, it's not, no. it's not. You know, there's a, there's always a rumor that, you know, as soon as you go faster than that, that that, that a ticket's gonna a ticket's gonna be written to you, and no. and that's no. that's not what it's there for. This it's for traffic. It's not to it's, turn yes, you in. Right. It's it's purely safety. Uh, it's it's so that we can tell who's out there, right? And we can always, uh, we we can. We're, we're able to issue traffic to you regardless of whether or not we're talking to that traffic or not. So it's, um, you know, it's that, that's another kind of like our radar system. That is another way for us to use a mosaic to issue and to capture all the traffic that's out there and to get a lot more information from who's out there. And, you know, I understand it at the, the 2020 mandate was, I know it, it was coming for a while. It was announced and, there's a lot of heartache about it, and uh, I, I get that part of it completely. But um, we're a pilot, so we got to have something sure. to complain about. Oh, yeah, yeah, got yeah, of course. But with 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 that being said, the the flip side of that is well, from from that mandate comes also the FAA giving you with ADSB in. You're getting the weather. You're getting the traffic for free. You know, with an ADSB in option, now you're provided with all that too. So it's. It's it's uh, giving you all the situational awareness in the cockpit too, it, which I use, which I use every time I fly. I I always fly with with um with with my traffic and my weather displayed, and, and it's and it's fantastic. It's great. So I posted something here on uh, on Instagram that we're talking air traffic controllers. What's your questions? Uh, we got a question for. You. I, to I told you it'd be pretty scripted questions, but I lied. Um, okay. How do I become an air traffic controller? Okay, so there's several ways. Uh, uh, primarily, the the most popular routes is going to be to uh, military. So a lot of our controllers are ex-military, and they're it, from almost any branch. I've worked with uh, Army, Navy, uh, Marine. I work with the Marine right now, and uh, Air Force for sure. Several Air Force. We even have a Coast Guard controller. Um, so any you you could get that in in, in the military. 
uh, or another route, which is the route I went, is called a CTI, the Collegiate Training Initiative. So several colleges and community colleges now offer air traffic programs uh, all throughout the nation. Um, you go to one of these schools and you get a recommendation to the FAA upon graduation and your, your name gets submitted to the FAA and you go through the hiring process that way. The, the way that the FAA hires has changed dramatically throughout the years. And 15 years ago when I was getting hired, it was completely different than how they're hiring now, but it's, that's still pretty much the two options. Uh, depending on the need, they, they have put out several off-the-street bids, which would be the FAA would uh, broadcast, we're hiring air traffic controllers, uh, go to usajobs.gov and the announcement will be there and that's how you'd sign up. So you would um, you'd submit all the paperwork that they ask for. Usually it's work, uh, they've, they've changed it so many times, but usually it's they would have, they would require so much college experience, uh, be it two years community college or a bachelor's degree, or they've even had just certain number of years of work experience and that would that would suffice so uh, it changes every time but the the two constants really have always been military or a cti program from from a, from one of these schools yeah i was wondering about that because so i mean you know the cti program is a really good program but you don't need uh an, a college degree to be an air traffic controller is what is what you're saying uh well, right yeah correct not yes not necessarily yeah you don't need one right, right. there's military route if you did college, uh, the bachelors, and there's several associates programs that 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 meet that requirement as well. Yeah. There you go. There's the answer to that question. Uh, why does air traffic control yell at me? I'm going to answer that one. It's probably because you're stupid. Um, <laughs> anyways, enough about that. Oh, but didn't we just say that like there's no such thing as stupid people? But uh, yeah. So on that note, you you've got. Here's the thing. Your job is incredibly stressful. Okay, it's not just a game of keeping the dots not touching you're coordinating with other facilities you're coordinating with pilots you know as far as i'm concerned keeping people from uh from hitting each other is almost the easiest part of your job would you not agree uh yeah generally generally it is yeah uh, there's a lot of outside factors but the the actual uh keeping the airplane separated part is um easy we just don't let the dots touch don't let the dots <laughs> touch yeah yeah, that's... and there's different separation requirements if they're IFR or VFR. Um, so you know we have all those rules too. I mean, there's a ton of rules, obviously. So I mean, it's if, if we're giving you instructions, it's not because we just want to see the blip turn. You know, we're giving them to you for a reason. So it's usually traffic, weather, you know, other obstruction avoidance, something. Yeah, if they're giving you a vector and yeah. they tell you it's for noise abatement, it's because the sound of two airplanes hitting each other is really, really loud. It's very loud. Um, it's very loud, but. Uh, so, you know, uh, there's a lot of us Warbird guys that will go IFR, not necessarily um, not necessarily in the clouds. I mean, it might be in the clouds, but, you know, if we're operating in the clouds and we're operating this way, you know, operating the 51 or a Corsair or even a B-25 or something that's heavy or going fast, there's a lot more requirements. There's a lot more planning for us, you know, our letdown times. And here's the thing, always, once again, all, as long as we communicate our needs to you, that's fine. I think one of the most unique things about your guys service especially to warbirds is if i call up as a mustang first off you guys think of a citation mustang and then you guys check the tag and it says you know papa 51 or whatever and then you ask what scale is it 
<laughs> and of course, I always return that it's a five-fifth scale, and uh, it usually takes about about you know six point nine seconds for them to figure out that oh, it's a real one. Okay, oh, yeah. Yeah. but uh, is there any unique or funny stories of anything that you you've done while you're working uh, traffic that stick out in your mind? I'm always about the funny stories. Um. <laughs> funniest story uh several years ago um I, I didn't work this aircraft i was in the room when it happened uh and this is you could find this on live atc uh it, i think it was under interesting recordings for a while it, I, I haven't checked it. it probably still is um there was a aircraft there's an ifr i think it was a baron uh just transiting our airspace and he asked for an IFR. He ch- he, t- he told us that he had to change his destiny or the controller that was working him. He said, "I need to change my destination." Uh, for and for an IFR aircraft, whenever we get an IFR change of destination, we have to ask we have to ask the reason why because sometimes we have to report those things um, uh, above our facility to outside the facility. Uh, so anyway, um, we asked for the reason, and um, the the pilot just said, "Booty call." <laughs> <laughs> controller had no uh-huh. idea what to do so he said you know say again and the pilot said booty call okay so but now the controller has put it in speaker so that the entire room could hear what's going on <laughs> and he said i'm sorry you're breaking up please say again <laughs> at this point this guy's probably knows what's going oh, on he, yeah, absolutely. He, knows. he goes booty call he goes do you know what i mean by booty call <laughs> a firm yeah yeah yeah, I just wanted to make sure we understood one another. Hey, from confirm address? No. <laughs> and it's hilarious. But, you know, that's, you know, it that was funny. It was funny to me. So it was funny to a lot of people. So, you know, uh, we, we obviously cleared him direct and he was on his way. And so he, uh, that it's one of those things where, you know, we, we, <laughs> When stuff like that happens, like there, there's certain procedures that we have to follow, and and if that's what you tell us, that's what you tell us. I mean, whatever, you know. We're we're, um, we're not in the business of telling you what you, where you can and can't go, and generally, and and what you can't do. So I mean, that that was just the funniest. That was, I don't know. That was the funniest story I think I've ever been in, involved. That's in. that's that's pretty epic. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's yeah. Oh man. Well. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, we could, we could talk about this all night, but I think, I think one of the, one of the dying questions we're all just dying to know about from an air traffic controller. I mean, myself included, obviously is if you could fly any airplane in history, oh, God. <laughs> it's the famous, the famous question. You know what it is. Known this was coming. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, yeah. I, I, of course, once again, I don't tell anybody that it is coming until they're like here. I always freaks about you fly any airplane in history. Doesn't matter how uh, doesn't matter how uh, big of a pain in the ass it is, or whatever it is, or you can fly it for the duration of the gas tank. Mm. Now you're a pilot. Yeah. You've got experience. You can fly a lot of things. Yeah. Well, there's one. There's, I've loved this airplane since I, should, I was. First old. off, I should I should just go ahead and I should just go ahead and like preface it like this: If you could fly any airplane in history for the duration of the gas tank, what Mustang would it be? <laughs> <laughs> I should just start just prefacing it for that. I could, um, I could. That's a horrible idea. It though. I'm not be a Mustang. I, oh, I love I'd, a Mustang. Absolutely. Smart man. Don't blame um, me. No, it would be the B17. That, that, that's always been my favorite. Oh, man. 
That's always been it's a uh, big old B seventeen. Yeah, that's always been my my dream. Man, I'll tell you what, four rights, they definitely don't make it wrong, that's for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, that's uh, that's an interesting one. I think you're the first guy that, I think you're the first guy that said a bomber on here. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, fan base, but uh, I'm sorry it's taken this long to get a correct answer. Oh, oh shots fired, fighter community, shots <laughs> fired. Oh, man, no, it's B 17 to be cool, you know. For a while, speaking of B 17s, we're just going to divert off of this and appreciate you bringing, bringing your 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 uh. Uh, ATC advice. Now you're just going to be now you're just going to be a co-host for the next I don't know six to nine minutes. Sure. So because uh, I mean, the cat's not interested in being a part of it. You're the closest human. So congrats. You know, uh, a lot of you have seen recently. If you guys have keep up with these with these airplanes that are online, um, the Paul Allen. A lot of the Paul Allen projects and collections were up for sale. He had like his FA Crusaders, that B seventeen that was for sale for the longest time. B seventeen project. <sighs> I know, the right? E model? It was the E model, yeah. Oh. However, that was missing the entire forward fuselage, but nobody wanted to say it out loud. Well, you'll fabricate um, it for me. I'm not. No, I'm not. No, yeah. I won't. No, I won't. Sorry, unable. I'm going to be in the Hudson. So, this whole this it mysteriously disappeared. It has taken off everything. It's not just like, the B17, like from the internet or from the world. Yes. <laughs> uh, nobody knows. Well, I mean, they haven't moved. But anyways, apparently there's uh, Vulcan Warbirds was the name of the name of the one of the Phantom companies that. Paul Allen's group has and uh, all I know about it and all I can report on it is that there's some sort of deal being struck on a lot of these projects as far as I know it's all the unflying aircraft so okay that's ME262 three FA Crusaders um, <coughs> excuse me there's a Grumman, Coo- a Grumman t- uh, Panther in there there's uh, oh man what else B-17 FW one eighty nine, the owl. I think it's pretty cool. That's yeah, pretty neat. What's a Stuka project. Um, anyways, all this stuff. Somebody's doing something out there, okay. and I can tell you guys, it's not me. Okay, I know you guys were thinking it's not me. Yeah, someone uh, building a so, museum. I dude, I have no idea. I mean, maybe I mean aviation legacy museum. I'd like to have a lot of those. Yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, that's that's. What's going on? Another thing that uh, a lot of guys have been hitting me up on Instagram is too too long of a of a conversation to just write back. So I'm just going to tell everybody: um, our museum's in the fundraising phase right now. Uh, we have uh, quite a few donors that are that are looking to uh, become a part of the uh, foundation partners of the museum. So that's what we're doing. We haven't. We still haven't. Uh, we don't have a brick and mortar facility for the lack of words right now. It's still in my, my hangar condo, but you know what? I mean, we've got, we've got land picked out. We've got a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. We've got aircraft lists. There's already been three aircraft that have been donated to us, uh, an L4, an L5, and an SNJ. And, uh, yeah. We're, that, Are you this, looking for cash or aircraft donations or both? Oh, that sounds good, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. We'll take cash in an aircraft donation. Ooh. There you go. Uh, I don't care at this point. You know what, I'm, you know what I need? I, I need I need dedicated volunteers is what I need. Oh, yeah. I uh, no, what like, did I need? <laughs> I thought you'd need like a 1953 Piper Tripacer or something. I don't know. In the museum. Do you do you know where I can find one? Yes, I do. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. Well, I think the reason why you're laughing at this is because this year at Oshkosh, there was a gentleman uh-huh. showed up in a 1953 Tripacer yeah. and parked Warbird? in the Warbird area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's I. I cannot believe. It. Uh, yes, it's a warbird. Fine, we finally recognize it as a warbird. 
um, because the French Foreign Legion, uh-huh. right? And then it also fought in the civil unrest in the Congo. Well, shit, if that's hey. if, if that's what we're going by for Warbird hey. standards, we have lowered this bar, brother. Is action or not? I mean, dude, it dropped grenades out of a mason jar. That's right. <laughs> they take, dude, they would take grenades, they would pull the pin, they would put it in a mason jar because the mason jar would hold the spoon down, and they would drop it. So when it dropped, the glass jar would shatter, and then three seconds later, the the, the grenade would explode. Brilliant. Brilliant. Except for the Brilliant. fact that it has to hit the ground first. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, when like, it's very simple. Why don't you just bomb them with a regular flipping airplane? Oh, and apparently uh, a friend of mine said that the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, flew a couple of them. There you go. International Warbird. Oh, man, here we go. Uh, You could do, what, 90 miles an hour? Downhill with the full power, maybe. Yeah. Combat milk stool. That's it. That's it. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of interesting airplanes. I'm trying to think about uh, this year at Oshkosh. Let me look here. Um, no real updates. It's all the, all the regular characters. Uh, Kermit is apparently bringing his a 26. So he claims, um, looking forward to seeing that. Um, yeah, it's 75th anniversary of the air force apparently. So, uh, I think it's a good time for Navy legacy to crash the party. What do you think? Um, yeah, absolutely. Why not Never a bad time. bring all the Corsairs, all the Corsairs, yeah. but, uh, yeah. So it's going to be a good, be a good season this year. Well, you know, dude, it's been, it's been good having you on the show. Um, appreciate it. Come, yeah, anytime. Well, well, we're going to congrats. You're now going to be drug on the show because I think, uh, I think Tobel's in a, in a, uh, missile silo or something right now. He's like in a bunker or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, um, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. You guys are, you hit me up on Instagram. You guys, if you guys are listening to this, you guys do that. We listen to you guys. We listen to all your comments on, uh, Quicksilver 51. Also, uh, Airpowerpodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up. Any ideas, anything else you want to do? We'll go from there. Thank you. See ya.